0: Good afternoon and welcome to the very first installment of our podcast titled Home Health Care Today. We have the pleasure and honor of having Dr. Deirdre Claveroo as our guest today. We are going to explore the COVID-19 vaccines. Yes, indeed. We're going to dig into some of those questions as well as concerns that viewers have presented to us via our website over the last several weeks. Now Dr. Clayborough is very experienced as a medical doctor, 20 plus years. She is a graduate of Wayne State University. She has staffing privileges at Henry Ford Health System and she is also a practicing physician at Honor Community Health, where she sees patients of all ages. Dr. Claveroo, welcome to our show.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank
0: you. And most importantly, right, Dr. Claveroo serves as the medical director of American Advantage Home Care, where she's charged with training and educating our clinicians. So once again, thank you, Dr. Claveroo.
1: My pleasure.
0: Uh, Doctor, do you mind sharing with us a little more about yourself outside of uh, my introduction? in terms of patients that you serve and areas of expertise and focus.
1: Sure. Um, Well, I've been serving in the Metro Detroit area ever since I graduated from medical school many years ago. And I started off at Henry Ford, and as you mentioned, I do maintain staff privileges there. I have worked with people with um, mental health Mm -hmm. issues through Honor Community Health. Also, people that were seeking um, medication assisted treatment for addiction. Mm. I'm also um, very well versed in um, women's health and community service um, through a lot of volunteer efforts in terms of um, speaking at churches, with health fairs, community events, just trying to make people more knowledgeable about their health care. And just making sure that it's like a grassroots approach so people feel empowered regarding their own health. So um, these have been great opportunities. And um, also I've worked with the frail Elderly Through the PACE programs. Um, They're really up and coming because, as we know, the elderly population is vastly... (laughs) Um, growing Mm -hmm. all the time which is a wonderful thing and there are a lot of unique needs that come with um, serving elders in our community. So the PACE program at Henry Ford and also a startup PACE program in Jackson, Michigan I served as the medical director so that was a great opportunity as well.
0: Awesome, wonderful. Thank you Dr. Klaverew. Now Dr. Klaverew I guess the 800 pound gorilla Mm -hmm. right um, in the room as well as in the community um, is COVID. COVID-19, right? Um, how would you, and this is fairly, how would you fairly describe COVID-19's impact on Metro Detroiters and our community in just a few words?
1: If I had to use a few words to describe it, the words that come to mind, it's confusing because a lot of people are hearing a variety of different things about it and um, from various sources and people sometimes don't know what to believe. Yes. Um, I would also say devastating mm-hmm. because so many people have been impacted by it either personally yes. or know someone that has been impacted by it and I would also say long-lasting because yes. even if people you know, recover from it or if there's a, a loss as a result of it in the family, these, the impact of that is going to be very long-lasting. Mm-hmm. So those words really come to mind when I think about the totality of the effects that this um, situation has had on people. Absolutely,
0: yes. And, and we're cognizant. We're cognizant of, of the devastation, mm-hmm. uh, the longevity, mm-hmm. uh, as well as as well as the confusion so um, we steer away from words or terms such as when things get back to normal Mm -hmm. Uh, there's no sense of normalcy for Mm -hmm. anyone who has lost a family member or 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 friend Mm -hmm. um, to to COVID to COVID-19 so uh, our hearts are are heavy
1: Mm-hmm. at all
0: times as related to, to those who are uh, suffering right, and for those that uh, met a demise
1: right. to the virus. I agree with that.
0: Yes, as we transition to a ray of hope, mm-hmm. of course, um, the vaccines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the vaccines are out, mm-hmm. right? And how would you describe uh, perhaps the efficacy uh, of the vaccines in your professional opinion?
1: Well, I did read the, um, the research behind how they were developed and how effective they are. And the efficacy is excellent. It's mm-hmm. really better than I mm-hmm. ex- expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And um, with the Pfizer vaccine um, having a 95% effectiveness yes. across a variety of patient populations yes. and the Moderna vaccine, basically being comparable to that 94.5 percent. I think that that was better than what I had hoped for or expected. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that it's important that a variety of people were um, used in the test groups because people want to know does this apply to me. And I think that um, it was very purposeful to use a cross-section of test subjects when they were. Developing the vaccine and and um, and um, making sure that if it's effective for me, it will also be effective for an 18-year-old of a different ethnicity, a different health background. Okay. and I think that that is a very important criteria.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. So, Dr. Kleberu, in layman's terms, mm-hmm. could you help our viewers who may have some apprehension about the expedience Mm -hmm. of bringing the vaccines to the marketplace so um, operation warp speed Mm -hmm. as a all hands on deck effort Mm -hmm. to expedite the development the testing and the commercialization Mm -hmm. of the vaccine there's a few people that have some concerns about that
1: right and i definitely um, feel that it's valid to have concerns, and you don't want to discount people's concerns. Yes. But you have to keep in mind that when you have an effort that is not just country wide, yes. But international in the efforts, and you're like bringing the brightest minds to the table. Yes. Then things are possible.
0: Yes, they are. You
1: know, um, we're living in a a very rapidly advancing technological world. Mm -hmm. And science also has, um, um, they're privy to that technology and they can make use of that technology as well Mm -hmm. to do things more efficiently, Mm -hmm. faster. And um, the thing is, is that there's still criteria that are brought into play because we are talking about people and human life. So those steps have to always be maintained. So when the vaccines were developed and they went through the phase one, two, and three trials, those steps were not skipped. But phase two and phase three, that trial was done simultaneously. And they would not have been able to go from phase one Hmm. to phase two if the criteria had not been met. And keep in mind, you know, if the companies or if the governments worldwide did not have these things in place and there was a lot of fallout from it there would be no 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 one that wins you know they don't want to create that environment of mistrust or harm because um that would be a setback so i definitely wanted to and i did read the research for myself and I was satisfied and when I was satisfied I said well you know I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity Mm -hmm. and I'm going to um, judge for myself by being my own guinea pig so to speak and being able to speak for people from a personal viewpoint as opposed to from a theoretical viewpoint and having um, had the first and the second vaccine you know I speak very openly and honestly about what my experience has been. I do know two people are the same, but being a single mom, having twin boys that are dependent on me, I would not have put myself in harm's way if I wasn't comfortable.
0: Absolutely, Doctor, yes. And as, a, as an agency, um, we have also taken that step to encourage our clinicians who are out there seeing uh, patients to get vaccinated. As a, as a team, we went for our first Um, shot Mm -hmm. uh, first Pfizer shot on the 17th Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we're headed back right Uh, three weeks so the first week of February is that second dose Mm -hmm. certainly absolutely doctor so uh, the rollout for some has seemed to have been staggered a bit right Uh, from being in phases right Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of the healthcare community and then seniors and at some point a phase four for the general public. Mm-hmm. So where would you suggest individuals go to find out up-to-date information about the vaccine in their community?
1: Okay, so keep in mind, um, things are changing all the time and you can have a plan and if that plan is not effective, you, it behooves you to change that plan. So for healthcare workers, they're being offered the vaccine usually right through the facility that they're working at. Yes. If, I, if they're working at Henry Ford, you know, they're going to go to employee help there. I think where the more confusion comes in is like, what about everyone else? Yes. Now, I do know for seniors, they basically are being sought out. They don't yes. really have to put a lot of effort into it. If they're in a nursing home, they're bringing it to them. I've actually had patients who live in senior buildings Mm -hmm. where the vaccine has come to their building, and it's been made available to them. But when you talk about how everyone else is going to get vaccinated, there are two, um, there are a couple avenues. One is that you could go on um, online and look under your um, county's health department website, Mm -hmm. and they have a questionnaire. And um, based on how you answer those questions, will put you in a queue. Once the vaccine becomes available, um, if you are a higher risk person, yes. then they can contact you through text message. Wonderful. You can also yes. um, you can also contact your um, hospital if you have a my chart, like a lot of people have the electronic access to their chart. Yes. A lot of people are being asked to make appointments through my chart and you do have to be pretty persistent because if they say nothing is available now that could change in a matter of days Mm -hmm. because a lot of it depends on availability and keep in mind it's not some um, plan that is just some stagnant plan that's been put in place that's a perfect plan everything that's surrounding this vaccine the virus It's a work in progress because it's still new and we don't know everything about it. And things will change, maybe day to day, maybe week to week. But I would just say keep yourself abreast of reaching out to your local hospital and your health department. And I do do think that the breakthrough will come when it becomes widely available at local pharmacies. Because that offers a lot of accessibility.
0: Indeed, indeed. Dr. you really describe Metro Detroiters uh, in terms of being resilient as well as being persistent in finding out more information about the vaccine. Mm -hmm. One word that doesn't come to mind when I think about Detroiters in our pedigree is fearful. So we won't use the word fearful, uh, but we could perhaps use the word reluctant. Mm -hmm. What word of advice what parting wisdom would you give to anyone that is somewhat reluctant about taking that next step to get vaccinated?
1: Well I like to put myself in the place of that person and I like to ask a question about well why did I decide to get vaccinated and one of the things I can say is based on the people that have contracted the virus some of which who did survive, many of which who did survive, and some who didn't, I can't honestly say that I know 100% that if I contracted this virus, if I would survive it, I can't say that. I can't give that 100% guarantee. I would hope so, but I wouldn't say I know for a fact. So that's one thing. Then I have patients that have contracted the virus maybe as long as early March uh, a year ago. Yes. And even though they did survive it, a lot of them are still dealing with side effects that have changed their lives in ways that are difficult. I have some patients that come to mind that are still dealing with um, a loss of taste and a loss of smell, and they've been living with this for months now. I have a personal friend who is a physician in California who's dealing with um, heart problems. She survived, yes. but it's changed her lifestyle dramatically because she has always been a very active person and she prides herself in that. And since this, she has not been able to live that active lifestyle and it's it's devastating to her. Yes. I have some patients that have survived it, but never had respiratory issues before but now they're on inhalers and although the inhalers are a treatment it's something that they never had to depend on before so their lives have changed and i can't give them answers about how long this will happen if it'll be a permanent situation if it's just a little bit longer but i do know that they all have a lot of angst when they talk about it yes and it is real for them Mm so um I feel that everything is risk versus benefits and I already know the risks that can happen with COVID. I've seen it up close and personal. Absolutely. And I don't wanna take that chance. If there's a chance that I don't have to go through those things or even infect someone else that may have a worse outcome than me, then I'm gonna take that chance.
0: Very wise, very wise. Uh, Advice uh, that's rooted rooted in science, it's rooted in uh, compassion, as well as experience in dealing with patients as well as colleagues, right? And then um, it's introspective, Dr. Kleberu. appreciate you taking that personal approach as to say, this is a decision that I'm not just recommending for others, but it's a decision that I've taken myself, right? So thank you for that. And in terms of managing patients um, as they recover, which we find ourselves doing as a home healthcare agency, uh, addressing their, uh, their needs mm-hmm. uh, while they actively have uh, COVID and then post-COVID, uh, would you recommend uh, in-home physical therapy and occupational therapy and perhaps even skilled nursing for uh, clients who are recovering from uh, COVID-19?
1: Um, definitely. I feel that anything that a person can do to move towards their baseline yes. is important. Um, No matter what a person is dealing with health-wise, if it's something that they have not experienced before and they don't want it to become a permanent part of their life, they have a right to fight against that.
0: Absolutely. And
1: there are trained professionals that have um, tried and true and um, measured interventions that have helped people from very difficult situations absolutely. and especially if you're dealing with things like um, feeling fatigue, and you yes. just don't have the stamina or you're or some people have like um, neuropathy which is a nerve pain that results from it working with situations like that um, just feeling that you're not able to take care of your health care needs because you don't have the energy or you just, or you might be having some residual problems with shortness of breath, yes. with heart, with chest pain, things of that nature. And that can be a scary place to be in, having a trained professional at your side to not only help you to stay adherent to your treatment plan, only not only adherent to the recommendations, but be a liaison for you, between your medical provider and what you're experiencing in the home yes. give you that extra um, um, added support yes. that can help you to move towards that road of recovery, Wonderful. towards your baseline. I mean, you have to fight. have to fight.
0: And American Advantage Home Care is here to help. We're here to help uh, individuals who are recovering uh, from COVID-19 and any other uh, ailment uh, that puts a patient or a client in a homebound status. So feel free to reach out to your primary care physician, uh, whether it's a face to face in office visit or at this point a telehealth visit to get a referral for home health care. Uh, and we'll be glad to help and glad to support. Dr. Claiborne, you have been a more than outstanding guest. And uh, I'm confident that our listeners and viewers uh, were informed. Uh, hopefully inspired as well as encouraged to continue to make diligent steps uh, toward health and wellness and also to go ahead and get that vaccine in the event that they were on the fence about getting it.
1: Right and then keep in mind there are people that have that are taking that plunge and are that have had the vaccine that will have the vaccine and you know they'll I'm pretty sure they'll be happy to Share their experience with you, Mm -hmm. and um, I don't. I feel that you know if that's what's going to give you the confidence, ask ask questions about it. I open up to people all the time that have questions about what was it like and how did you feel. And I'm glad when they when they ask me these questions. I don't take offense to it at all because you know for me, it was a simple decision and a simple step. But for someone else, it could be a a life-saving decision. And a life-saving step. So, absolutely, you know, i definitely consider take that into consideration.
0: No doubt about it. We're believers, and uh, we're going to continue to exercise our belief, exercise our our faith and confidence, and uh, be diligent, and then support those Detroiters out there who uh, need our healthcare services. So, once again, thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Claver-Roll. It
1: was my pleasure, and um, you guys do an awesome job, and you know, please continue the work that you're doing. It's so, it's so needed.
0: Good. Thank you. Thank you so much. So thank you for tuning in to uh, Home Health Care today. We've had a great conversation today, and our next conversation will be about the heart. So we're going to spend time in view of America's Heart Health Month, diving into some of those concerns that individuals have who struggle, who struggle with heart disease, Uh, who are battling congestive heart failure, we're going to really hone into some heart health tips as well as guidance for listeners and viewers. Thanks so much and see you soon.